When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. In our programme later on, the Brexit Adjustment Reserve, BAR. Minister Hayden visits Cork, coping with fertiliser problems. First, the deep concern of all of the farm organisations about reports that livestock ownership of production will be licensed. ICSA Beef Chair, Edmund Graham. Yes, these proposals are... Originally, they were industrial uh, emissions... um, program and now there looks as if they're set to set them into agriculture field as well and members of the ICSA around the country have been contacting me and they're very annoyed of these proposals um, effectively what it is they talk about permits but it's a license farmers are now going to have to get a license to farm and they're going to have to meet new regulations and criteria and it's going to come at an awful big cost to farmers. We're only family farms. We're not in big industrial farms here in Ireland. And we feel it very unfair. Um, since my press release uh, yesterday, more details have come out. And it is looks like anybody with over 150 livestock units, which can be made up of sheep, cattle, goats, hens, anything. But um, the maximum would be 150 livestock units. Uh, they're going to need these industrial permits or licences to operate. That, in turn, comes with a cost of, what we have been told so far, 2400 per year on the farmer just to get this uh, licence. And then there will be associated costs to that. We'll have to get farm advisors, planners, etc. Maybe to do up uh, accounts for books for on the levels of emissions and things like that. And it's going to be a serious uh, cost on farmers. At a time when our costs are multiplying uh, for all our inputs uh, two and threefold, and we think this is very unfair. As I said, we're only small family Irish farms. There is a certain level of, I suppose you could say, industrial farms, but at a very, very, very small scale. But most farms are only family farms with one or two workers. And to relate us the same as big industrial um manufacturing or the likes of those big businesses with a couple of hundred workers um, 
we feel it very unfair and it's not justified at all. And of course, Edmund, the European Union, the EU Commission would say, and environmental people would say, this is all linked to climate change, to climate warming, and to the fact that we now appear to have a very limited time to put right those things which are causing all this global warming. Do you feel there's any justification at all, or is there any alternative way we could generate energy and at the same time retain the cows, retain the cattle, the livestock, and I know there's a considerable debate about just how damaging the methane from livestock is, but can you see any alternatives if we are to somehow counter what we're told is the last three years we have to stop the world becoming unmanageable? Well, this is it. Uh, You mentioned the word methane there, and that is a hot topic at the minute, and but we're led to believe as farmers that the calculations that have been used on the methane levels aren't correct. And in fact, methane is a natural gas that breaks down over quite a short period of time. It doesn't stay in the atmosphere, but that's not really been brought into the calculations. But anyway, that's more for scientists than ordinary farmers, but we just feel we are hard been done by, there's a bias in the calculations there and we're not happy with those. But apart from that, like you're asking what other things can be done um, two and a half thousand euros a year to get a license. If farmers had that two and a half thousand euros a year, wouldn't they be far safer off planting hedges and trees and enhancing the biodiversity on the local farms? Uh, would be one issue. Another thing would be, as you mentioned there, energy. We could be producing huge amounts of energy uh, from solar panels and biodigesters and things like that but we're not getting any commitment from the government. Instead, we're getting these laws or legislation from the dictators in Europe, who is, Europe is becoming very quickly a dictatorship, and they're imposing all these things on us, and more regulations, and it's adding to the problem, like all these licenses that we're going to have to do now and get the work for, all that information, where's it going to go to? It's going to go into... um, data centre and be stored in a data centre and it's going to take energy and it has already created huge carbon footprints uh, these data centres so I don't know where this is all going but it's nonsensical to the ordinary farmers who want to work with nature and are quite happy to do that we don't want to be too sophisticated but at the same time if we were granted permission to put up solar panels and uh, biodigesters on our farms, we could create an awful lot of energy that way, and it would save using fossil fuels. So I don't think the EU are thinking logically on this whole issue. Part of a statement there released by the ICSA, Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, National Beef Committee Chairman, Mr Edmund Graham. In response to the EU Commission's proposed Industrial Emission Directive seen by the IFA, IFA President Tim Cullinan said the proposals from the EU Commission were completely over the top. And the President of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, has warned that the environmental permit system being proposed by the EU Commission for farms with 150 livestock units or more will move Ireland's family farm system decisively towards destruction. And he appealed for some degree of logic to be brought to the debate before, quote, it's too late. Coming up, the Macron Affirma report. 
Hi, John. It's Marie here, Shandoon PRO and Balancholic PRO. Mr. Personality Festival is taking place this weekend in the Spring Hill Court Hotel. Best of luck to all taking part, especially Mr. Shandoon Connor Murphy from Whitechurch Makra, Mr. Avendu Kelvin O'Connor from Bantir Makra, Mr. Carberry Adrian Buckley from Cara Makra, Mr. Immerkilly William Mulcahy from Killa Makra, and Mr. Muskery John Lynch from Ahina Makra. Best of luck to Whitechurch Makra and Clannacilty Makra, who recently progressed to the National Drama Final. Nakraha Makra are holding a table quiz on Thursday, April 14th at the Hush Bar in Watergrass Hill. It starts at 8pm. On April 22nd, Whitechurch Makra will host a bingo fundraising night in collaboration with Embrace Farm at Cades County in Glenville. It starts at 8pm. Keep an eye on our social media pages to see what we're up to and the latest edition of Cork County Makra's newsletter has been released and can be found on our social media pages. New members are always welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Mairead. Mairead Tuig. Details regarding a Clover Farm Walk. Chagas will hold a Clover Farm Walk on the farm of Mr Michael Gone by kind permission, Kilworth, on next Thursday, 14th of April at 11am. That's the land of Michael Gone, Kilworth, Thursday, 14th of April, 11am. Ministers McConnellogue, Hackett and Hayden launch Red Clover Silage Measure. Following on from the package of measures announced recently to provide support to Irish farmers, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, TD, and Ministers of State, Senator Pippa Hackett and Martin Hayden, TD, have launched another element of the package, namely the Red Clover Silage Measure. Launching the measure, Mr. McConnell said he was delighted to announce the launch of this red clover silage measure as part of the department's response to the challenges currently facing Irish agriculture. The ability of these swords to produce high-protein, high-energy feed should allow farmers to lower their concentrate feed bills next winter, while at the same time reducing the need for expensive chemical nitrogen. Minister McConnell said the benefits of red clover silage swords are hard to ignore. Given the crop is most suited to cutting for silage rather than grazing, establishing a red clover sward is definitely an option worth considering by anyone targeting silage ground for reseeding this year. Minister McConnell predicted provisionally, subject to seed availability and farmer demand, it's anticipated this red clover measure would establish about 4,000 hectares of red clover silage swards. The measure will be delivered by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine in cooperation with participating agri-retailers and cooperatives throughout the country. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marines announced a short extension to the closing date for its multi-species swards measure. The measure will now close at midnight on 14th of April. It had been due to close on Monday last. As of lunchtime Monday, over 800 farmers had applied for the measure. The Department of Agriculture has confirmed this extension will not delay the processing of approval letters for existing applicants. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett has announced that the closing date for the organic farming scheme has been extended to new applicants to Friday 22nd of April 2022. The scheme, which is part of the Programme for Government Commitment to substantially increase land farmed organically in Ireland, comes with an additional €5 million in budget to take in new entrants. 
IFA poultry chairman Nigel Sweeten said there is now a strong possibility that shelves will be empty in the supermarkets as farmers won't continue to place stale chicks or layer hens unless their costs are recovered. Negotiations have been taking place with processors and egg packers as part of the IFA campaign to recover farmers' costs from the marketplace. Speaking in advance of the imminent March milk price announcements by the cooperatives, the ICMSA Dairy Committee chairperson, Mr Noel Murphy, has called on all the cooperatives and milk purchasers to bring base price for milk up to 50 cents a litre from March supplies. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Neve Nolan, Project Manager of Farmers for Safety. Can I ask you, Neve, first of all, what exactly is Farmers for Safety? Hi, John. Thanks a million for having me on this. Our project, Farmers for Safety, Managing Risk Together, EIPI Group Project, it's adopting a peer-to-peer mentor approach, really, which engages farmers and farm families in an attitudinal and behavioural change towards farm safety, but also health and well-being. And we're looking at tackling and improving the social norms that's around farm safety, health and, and emotional well-being. So, unfortunately, as you know, John, yourself, deaths in agriculture remain very high. And according to the Health and Safety Authority, it is seven times more likely to be killed at work in farming rather than any other sector or business in Ireland. Therefore, it is important to keep this sector safer for those working, visiting and living on farms. And we're ver- like, in order this project, it's an EIPI group project, so we're launching on Monday the 11th of April. So you can find out more information on our website on Irish Link or Farmers for Safety on our Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, this project really, John, to be totally honest with you, is vital to change our attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety, health and wellbeing in order to protect the current farmers, but also our future farmers coming up and preventing them from taking risks on farms. We just want to incentivise young people to come on and be part of the sector. If we don't start improving the safety measures on our farms, looking after our own emotional health and wellbeing side, and highlighting the importance of being healthy and safety, where unfortunately the death rate and age profile in the sector will keep increasing and will leave the sector declining with an ageing population, limited youth involved in the sector due to its death rate and the health problems that go alongside with the work. Speaking to Ms Neve Nolan, Project Manager for Farmers for Safety, from what I gather there, Neve, from our conversation so far, is that when we talk about farm safety, we're not just talking about the physical safety when you're dealing with livestock or tractors or PTO shafts, etc. But this is not farm safety as such in isolation. It's mental well-being, physical health. It's the farmer's own well-being and how he's socialising in the context of an ever-changing world. The latest big thing might be fertiliser. It could be the price of eggs or sheep or his sector. And all of these things accumulatively, if there isn't somebody who understands and can offer realistic help and support and guidance, well then that person is going to be, you know, feeling very, very bad. And in that context, perhaps a physical accident may occur when a person's concentration is pulled in several different directions at once. Like uh, extreme pressures are on within agriculture, exactly with the price of fertiliser at the moment, that the farmers are experiencing stress, anxiety, fatigue and financial pressures, which this can lead to an incident of fatality occurring on a farm, unfortunately. Now, I know for myself, the pace, you know, it's very hard to keep with it on the ground with the farmers and for them to to look after, to raise awareness about their own safety, but also their health and well-being side of it. That it's not just another safety project, that it's this, it's looking after their own health, their physical, but also their emotional well-being side of things, that they can get a check-up. It's just... We have six mentors on the ground within three counties, which is in Cork, Tipperary and Wexford. 
and two per each county. So them are on the ground that is creating this peer-to-peer approach, that farmers can ask for help if they need it, that the mentors can sign posts to them to the relevant supports and services that are near to their area and that is offered to the agriculture sector. So it's not just an, like farm safety. We're also looking at the emotional health and well-being side of side of the farm safety and how somebody's stress can impact their safety. So it's important to raise awareness not only about the safety measures in place on farms, but also the well-being and emotional side of the farmer and the farm family. For many farmers of a certain age, they find everything increasingly is going online or it's paper-free and Mm. they're bamboozled. They they feel almost illiterate in this world of ever-increasing online activity. So presumably that would be recognised as a skill which must be reinforced in some farmers who are well able to farm, they're highly literate, but on the other hand, they need support. They need support in this world which has been developing the paper-free online world. They need tuition and skill. Yes, John, definitely. Um, So far, even with our mentors on the ground, they've raised concerns about, you know, online, everything turning to online, applications, your ag food, everything seems to be going that way. Now, it works well for some farmers who have the computer literacy. However, others may not be or may not have the knowledge or experience to do it or the confidence. Whereas this programme, the Getting Citizens Online and IT Skills for Farmers, we've linked in with the project because it was raised from the, the farm interest on the ground that there was a need there. This project was already going with Irish Rural Link. So we connected and used the programme that was already going and we got it in with Farmers for Safety to enhance the farmers' knowledge on the ground. So the Compute These Getting Citizens Online and IT Skills for Farmers programmes it starts from the beginning. You don't have to know anything going, in, going into these classes. You, it, it'll go through turning the laptop on, to looking at done deal, to Facebook, to setting up an email address, to even your banking online, and then your, your farmer registration and calf and herd registration. It's really like we had so much different people out there within communities that had different, you know, access to media. Obviously, broadband then was an an issue. You know, you have to have a good broadband connection in order for this program to be run in communities. But we got there in the end in communities and areas. And this program not only offers, we'll say, to the farming community, it offers to all communities that they don't have to be from the farming community or working in the farming community. It's open to everyone. And more information can be got on the Irish Shore Link website about it. And if you have any um, you know, queries or opinions about it or you want to find out more information, just give us a call on 090-6482-744. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Neve Nolan, Project Manager for the... Farmers for Safety, Managing Risks Together, EIP Agri Project, being launched Monday 11th of April, 11am, on the farm of the Murphys, the Murphy Family Farm, Kildana County Cork, 11am. Thank you, Neil, very much indeed. Thanks for yourself, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine, Minister Martin Hayden. Minister, first of all, welcome to the programme. Now, you are in Cork soon to launch a very important project. Would you please tell our listeners the title of this project and the location where you'll be carrying out the launch and the date? Thanks very much, John. I'm looking forward to my visit to Cork uh, next Monday, uh, primarily to launch the Farmers for Safety Managing Risk Together project on the Murphy Farm family farm in Kildinan. Um, and I'd like to commend Neve Nolan and all the actors involved in the project 
uh, for putting together such an innovative project that will um, no doubt be of great benefit to the farming community, both here in Cork and further afield. Um, I am Minister with Responsibility uh, for Farm Safety in the Department of Agriculture, and I set up this EIP initiative, which is adopting locally-led ideas from the ground up, funding them, supporting the groups to put them together, uh, like has happened here in, in Cork with this project. And, you know, this group have been through an intensive process over the last year to get to this point, and now they have their um, project ready to go. And it's, you know, there's eight of these around the country, and I really am excited about the learnings and the ideas and the progress that these can make, both in the areas of farm safety, but also farmer mental health and well-being. Minister, you have a very tight itinerary. You'll be visiting a research centre. Would you please uh, give our listeners some idea of the depth of your itinerary in Cardiff Cork while you're here on Monday? Yes, yeah, so also a part of my visit, I will be travelling to Chagas um, Moor Park, uh, just outside Formoy, uh, to view some of the research that's underway there. As Minister, also with responsibility for research and uh, innovation, I'm in the middle of a countrywide tour of our research institutions um, to highlight the phenomenal work that is underway in the agricultural sector to support our farmers. For example, one of the projects, uh, Greenbread, is examining how to breed animals that have a low environmental footprint while maximising economic efficiency from the animals. And that's something that will be really a benefit, benefit to farmers both in Cork and all over the country. And indeed, Minister, the cost of fertiliser is rarely out of the news, but you were involved in the launch with your colleagues, Minister McConnell-Lug and Hackett, the red clover silage measure and the ability of red clover to hold on to nitrogen. Just a word or two about this red clover silage measure and how it can help cut back on the cost of fertiliser and the use of fertiliser, which, of course, is causing huge mental stress to farmers. Obviously, look, John, farmers, as you said, they're under huge strain from the phenomenal rise in hyperinflation and rise in inputs that is putting farming systems under huge pressure. And what we want to do in the Department of Agriculture is support our farmers um, to continue to produce the great high-quality food that they do, um, but in a way that's cost-effective for them, um, that doesn't undermine... Um, the sustainability of, of the farm system um, and that is more environmentally sustainable into the future. So we have planned a, a, a move to multi-species forests and to greater use of the likes of nitrobacters or um, you know, the likes of red clover and others that will naturally um, acquire nitrogen from the ground and reduce our de- dependency on artificial fertiliser. But the events of recent months has really brought that work to the fore and I think will bring about that behavioural change even more so for farmers. Um, and that area you know whether it's you know the biodiversity whether it's the nitrogen element is also uh, incorporated in my visit on Monday when I'll go to Lurick with my colleague uh, David Stanton TD um, where we're going to meet farmers who are involved in energy generation both at farm level and and on a community scale and it's an area that both David and myself are hugely passionate about and one that could offer a significant other income stream for farmers but also be of great benefit to our economy and um, to, to our uh, increased dependency on renewables into the future that we hope to develop. Thank you very much indeed. Minister of State of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Minister Martin Hayden, thank you indeed for speaking to us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Many thanks indeed, Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much, John. Joining us on the Farm Programme, we have Miss Anne Finnegan, Policy Analyst, Irish Farmers Journal. And welcome to the programme. Now, recently in the journal, in the Saturday, 2nd of April, 2022 issue, you raised some very important questions and you clarified exactly what this one 
billion euro Brexit fund is. Could you, just for our listeners, clarify what exactly the one billion Brexit euro fund is and uh, how much is available, etc.? Thank you, John. Yeah. So the European Union has put in place a 5.4 billion Brexit adjustment reserve. And this has been put in place to support all member states, um, but it's had a strong concentration on those that are most affected by Brexit. And really, the funding is there to mitigate the impact that Brexit has had on member state economies. Um, So, you know, the funding is there to support regions, economic sectors, the likes of job creation, reskilling, and to support private and public businesses. So Ireland has been allocated one billion of the Brexit Adjustment Reserve. It's the most significant allocation among any member state. And within the Irish context, we understand that almost 500 million will be made available this year as first transfer funding. Um, and a further 500 million will be made available in 2023. Suckler Farmers in particular should look at this because it Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. could be quite an exciting prospect to enable them survive. Well, I suppose the... The, the funding is uh, is available to the government at this stage to make available through schemes and programmes to enterprises, both public and private. Um, so in the first instance, they've, they've, to date they've already stood up two programmes in the fisheries sector. And as we know, the fisheries sector in Ireland is very significantly impacted um, by Brexit and they're seeing a very immediate impact. Um, so 20 million was eliminated from fisheries quotas in 2021 and this is going to increase to 45 million by 2026. The challenge for the farming sector is that we know the farming and the agri-food sector is going to be significantly impacted by Brexit and the beef sector in particular. It's just it's just not uh, apparent now that impact and actually beef markets have been delivering reasonably strongly since the Brexit vote but that impact is in in the future you know and as the UK continues to do trade deals 
with the likes of Australia, New Zealand and Canada, which is uh, under discussion and discussed my my colleague Philem O'Neill in the paper this week, um, the impact of those trade deals in terms of displacing Irish product or lowering the value of Irish product in the UK market will be felt. Um, and I think the question for the beef sector now is how can this funding be used to mitigate that future impact and what kind of policy um, or programmes could be put in place now uh, to enable the beef sector to, to mitigate the impact that they certainly will feel over the medium term. But I think in your article you are suggesting in your analysis that beef farming needs a strong business plan for the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think in the context of Brexit and the UK being our largest market um, and also in the context of the trend we've seen in the suckler herd over the past decade where um, we've seen almost a 20% decline in suckler cow numbers, I think the sector does need to appraise where it is and how it can be made more resilient uh, for the benefit of those farmers who rely on the sector to make a living um, and and to ensure the viability of the industry. I mean, John, in terms of mitigating Brexit, I think, you know, post the Brexit vote, when we would have looked at the agri-food sector and thought, well, what can we do um, from from an agri-food perspective? There's a number of things that that are open, and I don't think they've changed very much. We can look at finding new markets that will deliver similar returns for our product. Um, and you know, in the in in the light, in the case of cheddar cheese, that's going to be hugely challenging, um, given that you know uh, it's a particular market, a particular taste. You don't have a market for cheddar cheese similar to the UK type cheddar um, in the world, or very small markets that would compensate. And similarly, the UK doesn't really have much of a supply option in terms of the cheddar that they like to eat. Ireland very much fills uh, their deficit in that regard. Um, and similarly for beef, I mean, there there are exciting options there, but it's not easy to replace the stability and trust that's been built up over, you know, hundreds of years of trading ultimately. The next thing we can do is look at improving efficiencies at farm level, and there's opportunities there, but but that's a difficult, um, I suppose, uphill climb, and it's reasonable to say that this could have, you know, if it was easy, it would be done by now. Um, and the other option is to look at reducing output and or diversifying production, um, so maybe moving from, you know, moving from beef into other types of systems or some production into other types of systems. And I suppose within the realm of those three options that the Brexit Adjustment Reserve um, probably has the possibility to deliver for farmers. And certainly, you know, if you look at improving efficiencies and diversifying production or reconfiguring production, they're probably the most obvious things to look at at farm level. But I think for beef farmers now, um, you know, it's, it's, it may not be, uh, you know, the, the most welcome discussion, let's say, but the funding is only available for the next two years. So there is a window of opportunity to put in place the type of supports that will meet the, the impacts of the problem that are, go- that are going to come into light down the road. 
in your article, 2nd of April 2022, in the journal, speaking to Ms Anne Finnegan, policy analyst with the journal, you point out there that a possibility which might be considered would be introduction of a suckler quota. Now, I know quotas are very suspect insofar as we read that in the future Irish beef farmers may need a licence and we know the long history of the Irish milk quota, the dairy quota, the EU quota, which people feel restricted our production and stifled growth for many years. You see some merit in the possibility of the introduction of a suckler quota. Yeah, well, I think I think it merits discussion and debate um, in the first instance, John. And I think, and really, you know, in looking at the Brexit reserve, it does prompt you to think, well, what are the type of things that could support suckler farming? I think a quota is probably a different type of mechanism for a sector where you're seeing, you know, declining numbers of cows, let's say, in this instance, as opposed to a sector that's in um, growth mode. And, uh, and you know, it will offer, it may offer some opportunities for farmers within the sector. You know, I think it would create, it would create a tradable asset, asset um, for farmers. So it will give somebody the option to to grow and they can uh, buy quotas to do that um, from people who are looking to exit or downscale. It also provides, you know, an asset if the sector is re-looked at again in the future. But I suppose the most important thing to ask, is it reasonable that the sector continues to decline in the manner that it has been um, or, or should something be done to ensure the viability of those people who want to remain in the sector um, and who want to remain making their living from from suckler farming? Because in you know in eight or ten years' time, if um, you know if their income is continually chipped away um, and and the pressure remains on the sector, um, I think we could have missed an opportunity if we don't use this some part of this Brexit funding to, to support the beef sector. And I think of of all our sectors, beef is one of the sectors that is most disproportionately um, impacted by Brexit and has the biggest trading relationship with Brexit. It is challenging to consider some of these things, but I think the funding does provide a window of opportunity to, to consider the future of the sector. This funding is on the table for suitable applicants at the moment. It may not be there in a few years' time. Beef farmers and their representatives uh, really need to start thinking about what the options are for the sector. As I say, the the, the fisheries sector, um, you know, has probably worked so much differently in that they had um, a, a fisheries task force led by Aidan Eden Cotter, who was formerly of Ford Bia, um, and they've come out with um, a plan for the sector and very much the funding proposed or the funding programs that we're seeing now have been released by the Department of Agriculture and Fisheries for the fisheries and marine sector are very much aligned to what came out from that um, task force. So um, I would think the, the same um, type of approach would benefit uh, farmers and in particular beef farmers. The Climate Change Advisory Council report, that's relying on evidence which shows the fewer cattle we have, the fewer suckler cows we have, the better. 
Absolutely. And it's it's a window that's there now. And, you know, there's going to be strong demand for um, Brexit Adjustment Reserve funding across both the public and private sector. And I I think there's going to be many compelling um, investment opportunities for government departments. I mean, even if you think of the investment that's required in our port infrastructure, some of that has taken place. And the investment that other business sectors need in terms of continuity of trade or finding new markets. So um, there'll be fairly significant competition and it's important that uh, farming gets its fair share. Thank you very much indeed for all your valuable time and information there. Miss Anne Finnegan, Policy Analyst, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you very much indeed, Anne. Not at all, John. Thank you and good to talk to you again. We're joined on the farm programme by Mr John Crowley, Chagas Advisory Office, Agricultural College, Darara Clonakilty in the west of the county. First of all, John, welcome. Now that the BPS basic payment scheme forms are here, is there anything that the listener should do to check over this BPS form? Yeah, John, well, I suppose the first thing to do is just to check that your areas are correct, you know, um, that basically that your net areas are reflect of what they on the ground, okay, um, that if there's any scrub that's there, that, that unfortunately they have to be marked off this year, but from our knowledge from next year that they'll be most up to 30% of those areas will be eligible for next year, but for this year they'll have to be marked off, okay. If you have any new farm roadways put in also, they must be, or if you extended out the farm yard into a field, they also have to be marked out as well too and excluded, okay. And the other thing then is that if the crops didn't just to note to change your crops, um, that you put that you declare the right crops there, and I suppose it's probably important this year with the fact that um, with, the, with the, this new tillage incentive scheme there, there's an extra incentive for growing uh, grain, like you know, and, and grass grown. That you know that, that that the crops are put in right, and that the areas are put in right, like you know, um, because with the tillage incentive scheme, you, uh, there's an incentive there, 400 per hectare, if you grew extra tillage, grew extra cereal crops. Um, in the crops that would be barley, wheat, oats, uh, maize, and beet is included. And you get 400 per hectare, but the, the only condition is that, that where the extra beet is, extra crops are growing, that that was grass in 2021. And then they'd be paid there. Uh, that's, this is all through your basic payment scheme. That, that's how the, the farmers will know. So just check over it, check your areas. Uh, those are disadvantaged. Make sure that there's your ANC, ANC boxes. That's very important because it has happened. People forget to take the boxes in, and then it's too late. Then um, you ha- you haven't thirty first made to correct it. All right, if you do forget to take it, but after that, it becomes a lot more difficult, and it mightn't be. So it's very important that those in the ANC areas that make sure that the ANC boxes ticked on. Now the beef sucker scheme, dairy calf scheme. What are the requirements and payments for the beep sucker scheme, dairy calf scheme, and when is the uh, closing date? Yeah, um, well, the the beef the beep beep sucker scheme there that's uh, the close that's out again this year. So if you applied for it last year and applied for it and in the year before, you must you must actually have applied for it again this year as well. Okay. Um, the closing date for it is the 25th, the 25th of uh, April, okay, and uh, it's important. Make sure not to forget to put it in. You you apply for it online, so there's no paper form. You have to apply through your egg food, or else you get maybe contact your advisor, advisor there to do your your application for the bee circular scheme. Uh, 
As regards to quality the conditions, there's three requirements. The first is a mandatory requirement that all, all your cows and calves are weighed, and the calves are eligible are calves born between the 1st of July 2021 and the 30th of June 2022. Those calves are eligible for weighing, okay? And that's just so you weigh the cows and calves on the same day, and you, the, the weights are sent in within seven days into the to the ICBF, okay? The weights are to to be done and actually submitted into the ICBF before the 1st of November this year. So they must be done at that time. The two other actions then that you could have a choice, the two other actions that you could choose from, one of them, the choice of one optional action is you can either go for the meal feeding, okay, where you're feeding the weanings before meals there before weaning time, um, at least four weeks before weaning and two weeks after weaning, or you can go for vaccinating the cats there for, for against pneumonia there, okay. That's one option. The other option that you could pick then, if you want to, is if you want to do a fecal egg count on, the, on your cows, and you usually put in 10% of your cows, and what it does is it measures if the presence of liver fluke or rumen fluke in the cows. So there are your three options there. Uh, the payments, the payment rate is for the first 10 weanings you have, it's 50 euro for the first 10 weanings per head, and in any, anything from 11 to 100, it's 40 euro per, per cow and calf together. Okay. So 40 euro per cow with her cat. Uh, if you decide to go for the meal feed and the vaccinating, it's 30 euro per head, per, added on per, per weighing, okay? And if you go for the fecal egg count, then it's an extra tenner per head, per animal per animal group that's weighed. So that's the, the dairy, the beef sucker scheme. The dairy calf to beef scheme, um, it's out again this year. Again, you have to apply for it online, okay? And the closing date for that is the 25th of April as well, too. Um, so if you were in it last year, if you were in it last year, you must you must apply for it this year because it's a separate one-year scheme. Uh, so similar to last year, the only difference is that um, last year was last year you got paid uh, twenty euro up to the first twenty cows. Okay, twenty cows are weighed. That's increased up to forty. Okay, uh, so that's what you do. So you weigh the cows there. No, the cows have to be they have to be in your have to be at least 10 days in your after you're on your holding at least 10 days and uh, they have to be there they have to be 10 days in your hold and they must be weighed and the weights must be uploaded it must be uploaded icbf before the weight and uploaded of the system before the first of november okay um the qualifying animals it's a male calf of a breed is eligible or a male and female calf from a beef breed sire Born to a deer bred dam is what it is. Okay. And the other change in it this year is that calves that were born after the 1st of July 2021 are now eligible. So anything born after the 1st of July 2021, so autumn born calves last year, they're actually eligible for, for weighing there as well, too. And then the, the maximum number has increased from last year to 20 calves, now to 40. But the payments is 20 euro per calf. So, and the minimum calves you must weigh is five calves. So, so a minimum of five and a maximum of 40, okay? And the weights must be sent in within seven days of going to ICBF, and they must be in by the 1st of, 1st of November. And there's it's a correction there. The, the cats must be at least 12 weeks of age when they're, when they're weighing, when they're being weighed, okay? 
Now, turning to fertiliser, it's rarely out of the news, uh, fertiliser at the moment, but how can beef farmers, beef farmers managing the fertiliser requirements, we'll say for the next few weeks, grazing and silage, how would they deal with that situation, John? Well, John, it's, it's the biggest issue now at the moment with the huge increase in fertilising winter and this, this year, and especially this spring, you know. Um, look, I suppose and farmers are afraid of, look, should they cut back fertiliser and all that, you know. And the way the cost of it has gone, is it over double in price, if not nearly tripled in some parts, okay. I suppose the first thing we have to get you, that you cannot cut back on is in your silage, okay. Because you see, if you cut back in your in fertilizer and your silage, you have to. You if you cut back in your silage, you're going to put into a fodder deficit there come next winter. And the way, and the focus really now is to make sure to get top quality silage this year and really focus it now this year. Because the way that the the cost, the potential cost of ration, and maybe the problem of availability of ration next winter could be a major problem. So, like for those who are who have wheelings and stores and all that, like, it's very, it's really important now to have good top quality silage, like, you know. And so by doing that, you have to make sure that it's, to forget top quality silage, anyway, you want, did want to be at least 80 or 90 units at night and out in the fertilizer, out in the silage ground there. So really, it should be, it should be out at this stage, okay. So if you had slurry put out in it, the slurry would contain for about 20 units of nitrogen. So if you put 60 or 70 units of nitrogen in the bag, that will actually help you help you then. and try and aim to get the size cut for the end of May. Because so, um, the, leaf the, the leaf of the grass, the higher the DMD, we could be potentially looking at a, at a feed deficit there, possibly, you know, this coming winter. Um, that's if we, don't, if we don't get our size quantities right. So it's very important to do a feed budget as well too and to estimate... How many cattle do you want to keep for the next winter? How much size do you have left over from last year? And work out in how, how much you need to make. But the most important thing is the first thing: get your first your first cut is going to be extra crucial this year. So you have to focus on that. In relation to grazing, look uh, at the moment you should be. With, I know cattle were out late this year, and look the way the weather has been hard. Some people know she might have be finished their first rotation and they'll be starting off their second rotation. Um, there should have been at least 30 units of nitrogen gone out at this stage, like, you know. Um, and the other thing that's important too is that we should not cut back is your P's and K's. Like, those who have results, use them. Um, if the P's and K's are low, this is the time to get them out. Well, P's, especially at this time of the year, out in March and April, so get the P's up levels right. Where your P's and K's are low, like the better quality, the better values, fertilizer will be like 18, 6, 12, and 10, 10, 20 will be in far better value than compared to pastures or their cuts worth in terms of the cost per P and K, like, you know. So get that, get your, keep your fertilizers. If you can't manage your fertilizer there well, um, and just graze it and have it keep with your rotation. If the paddocks have gone too strong, as I say, you just, if paddocks have gone too strong, if you think they've gone too strong for the second rotation, it might be no harm maybe just to take it out for maybe for soils maybe or take it out for bales like, you know, and to add to your add to your feed budget as well, you know, and you can bring them back into rotation there. Now, where cattle were left out late, how would you manage the grazing and how would you deal with heavy covers? Try and graze the lighter covers first that you get through them quick. The heavy covers, 
you could graze them maybe probably if you have good weather. Now, we had great weather the past two weeks, which is ideal for grazing heavy cover. But with, now with the way the weather is looking at the moment, and if they're gone to, if the cover's gone up to nearly 2,000 or more, I think the only thing to do with those is just let, it, them, out, let them go on and maybe take them out for silage, you know, take bales off from there and try and get them back into the rotation there if it's at all possible at a later stage, you know, because if you try and graze going to cover about 2,500, first of all, they're going to take too long inside there. Secondly, they're not going to utilise it properly. They're going to be tramping a lot of it there into the ground, okay? So there'd be a lot less utilisation. Whereas if you went off and maybe just skipped them and went on to, went on to your lighter covers and just take them out for silage and go fail, you'll get them back into rotation. They'll come back to the rotation quicker. Details about forthcoming farm walk. Yes, indeed, John. Um, no, just my colleague, my colleague there in in Chagas. There, uh, there's a there's a joint pro, there's a Chagas there go joint pro. They're holding a farm one event there on the farm of the Monitor Farmer and Signpost Farm. He's Jimmy Cotter, uh, Leeds Coatsford, and he's on Thursday the 14th of April at 11 a.m. Uh, for those who have the air code, the air code for the farm walk is P12. D for Delta, A for Alpha, 5-8. So the air code for it is P12DR58. Um, speakers at us there will be the Chagas Advisors, my colleagues Seamus Lorden there in McCroom, and Grania Hurley as well from McCroom, and they'll be discussing with Jimmy how to establish, how to, he has established clover on his farm, and also how he's managing it, and by, and by doing that, how is he helping to reduce his reliance on chemical fertilizer. Also speaking at at the walk will be our dairy specialist there, Stuart Childs, you know, and Dennis Howard in from Munster Bovine will be at as well. And they'll be discussing what makes a profitable herd and maximising the success with six semen in, in, in dairy beef. So it's open to everybody. You're all welcome to it, okay? And it's, uh, just a reminder again, I'm in Jimmy Cotter's farm, and he's in Leeds, Coatsford, on Thursday the 14th of April at 11 a.m., and the air code is P for Papa 12 D for Delta, A for Alpha, 5-8, and that's the air call for, for Jimmy's farm. That's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. John Crowley, Chagas Advisory Office, Agricultural College, Dorara in Clonakilty. Thank you very much indeed, John. Thanks indeed, John. And that's Farm Talk. I'm John O'Connor. My thanks to Barry O'Mahony and Marie Tug for contributing to the programme again this week. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.